This episode of the 343 podcast is supported by Bounce Athletics. Bounce Athletics is offering you an additional 10% discount because they know that you are serious about high-quality soccer products if you are listening to this show. Custom training balls from Bounce Athletics are customized with your logo and color scheme and will only cost you $15 to $20 per ball. Similar textured training balls from Nike, Adidas, or Select would be in the $50 to $60 range. I don't know about you, but I would rather pay $20. And I've personally tested these balls from Bounce Athletics, and I highly recommend them. They hold air. They do great in wet weather, which I've been experiencing recently here in California. They're legit, just plain and simple. To top things off, Bounce Athletics will also send you complimentary mock-ups of what your balls will look like with your logo on them. Just email your logo to info at bounceathletics.com to begin the process. And remember to mention 343 to take advantage of that additional 10% discount. This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. What does it actually take to play possession soccer? It's something I've been thinking a lot about lately because I've been talking to other coaches and they've been experiencing problems and they are trying to come up with solutions and they're seeking out advice on social media. I can see other people chiming in with all of these confusing and complicated and just crazy ideas. And so I wanted to revisit something that has stuck with me for a very, very long time. And it's in response to a comment that Gary wrote on the 343 blog, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, maybe. And it still holds true to this day. And it's just the very basic principles of what is required to play possession-based soccer. So I want to just jump into this episode and I hope that you enjoy it. So here we go. Possession Soccer, What Does It Take? Written by Gary Kleiben. This post is a response to an observation made by one of our readers, Carlos T. from the Sounder at Heart blog. In his comment to our possession article, he shared a video and also stated this. It seems to me that while this style of play is associated with hugely talented teams like Argentina and Brazil, the technical skills required are actually not that advanced. The vast majority of individual actions in this move are trap, pass, and run. All very basic stuff. There are a couple nice fakes and a couple nice passes in the air, but for the most part, it's guys passing the ball like they learned in their first week. That's what Carlos had to say. And he is 100% correct. Technical quality is not a big component to executing this. Being capable of playing this way is overwhelmingly the result of these things. Number one, players having a high soccer IQ. And number two, implementation of a style by the coach. You see, what is required is the player's capacity to understand proper spacing in relation to the ball, his opponents, and his teammates. 
They need to know how to maximize the use of the field. Only with this understanding can he make the appropriate movements and runs off the ball. Every player on the team must be in sync with this, because without proper spacing, possession quickly falls to pieces. But there's more. Every single player, especially the playmakers, must simultaneously be looking forward and evaluating whether they can hurt the opposition if they were to receive the ball. If the answer is yes, that is when a direct attack is triggered and it becomes an avalanche with other players going forward in concert. In general, everyone must have good vision and good decision-making. Without it, you are toast. And this moves into the second part of Carlos's comment. He also said, In an odd way, the normal way that a lot of lower talent teams choose to play, booting the ball up the field and hoping something happens, seems a lot more technically challenging than the way that the big teams play. Yep, playing balls in the air and being consistently accurate is orders of magnitude more difficult. Not only for the passer, but for the guy receiving. One of the possible reasons why the lower level teams play like this is, as discussed above, lower soccer IQ. But, of course, there are other possibilities. Being able to hold possession is a function of what the other team does defensively. If the guys on the team playing defense have high soccer IQ and their coach has implemented a synchronized high-pressure defense, it will be extremely difficult to hold possession. This is what one usually sees with the big teams. They'll pressure the inferior ones. This is where technique starts to have some more importance, aka a player must have good first touch to get out of trouble. Technique finally comes more into play in the final third, when you are directly attacking the goal. Here, the defense is naturally more compact and you must have impeccable technique, along with lightning-fast decision-making, to play combinations in a highly congested space. This is where a less talented team falls apart as well. Lastly, this style and its efficacy is ultimately a reflection of the coach. He is responsible not only for selecting capable players, but implementation of the required structure and roles for each position. If he does not have a high soccer IQ, you can pretty much bet he won't be able to make this happen. So the summary of the requirements to play possession soccer. Number one, players with elite soccer IQs. Number two, a coach capable of selecting the right kind of players. Number three, a coach capable of implementation. And number four, elite technique only becomes important when under high pressure. So those are the requirements for what it takes to play possession-based soccer. And you might have listened to that and thought the same thing that I did when I first read it. And that is, I don't have players that have elite soccer IQs. How am I going to be able to play this style of soccer? Maybe this is impossible. I quickly learned that it's not. And... I took ownership over the fact that 
I could control that implementation aspect that Gary mentioned in that post. It was up to me to create the environment that would give them the ability to improve their soccer IQs and to make the correct decisions and to value the right things, which in this case would be keeping the ball or keeping possession. And so I took ownership over that aspect in all of my training sessions. And I will be 100% honest with you that it was hard at first for me, especially because I had to change my own value system. I didn't grow up being coached or, or playing in systems that valued possession. I grew up in that environment where it was just boot ball, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, 50-50 after 50-50 after 50-50. And as a coach, when I first started, that seemed normal to me. Like, hey, this is soccer. But after experiencing the frustration of not being able to actually control a game or control an opponent and trying to figure out why, I actually came to that conclusion that, Hey, we need the ball. If we if we want to be in control, we need the ball more. And that led me down, you know, so many different rabbit holes of, you know, <laughs> on YouTube, I'm laughing around at myself. On YouTube, on you know, Google, wherever, and I was looking for everything to uh to try to fix this problem. And you know, the the one change that I ultimately made or that maybe I shouldn't say ultimately made, maybe the first change that I, that I made that was a big change was a huge emphasis on possession exercises and specifically small-sided rondos. 4v0, 4v1, 3v1, over and over and over and over again. Because that changed the value system. That changed the idea of, hey, it's, it's not okay to just kick the ball up the field and hope for the best. No, we want to always keep the ball and we want to make decisions that always keep the ball with us until it's the right time to go forward. And so it was that huge emphasis on the rondos that really, really changed everything for me and for my teams. And if I can just, I guess, give a piece of advice to coaches that are listening here, if you want to play possession soccer, you need to make sure that your training sessions and that your own personal values as a coach are encouraging possession soccer. If it's not, then it's going to be very, very hard to extract a possession-based style out of your players. That's just my two cents. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast and a big thank you to our sponsor bounce athletics. I also want to leave you with one note from one of our members of the 343 coaching education program. His name is Thomas and he's been a member for quite a while. And this is what he had to say. If you want to play insanely good with your team and start to understand the possession and positional game, this will give you a head start. I have tried the material on three ordinary teams, and after a year, they totally dominate the local teams. After two years, they are among the best in the region. The program 343 offers is not a complicated curriculum. It's actually simpler than you might think. But instead of more, you have to go deep in every detail. Thomas, thank you so much for that beautiful review, and I hope 
that everybody else finds that valuable. If you want more information about the 343 Coaching Education Program, the program that helps support and fund this podcast, you can visit 343coaching.com. All right. We'll catch you guys next time here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening.